Letter twenty one of Clarissa Harlowe or the History of a Young Lady, Volume five. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Clarissa Harlowe or the History of a Young Lady, Volume five, by Samuel Richardson. Letter twenty one. Miss Clarissa Harlowe to Miss Howe, Thursday evening, June eighth. After my last, so full of other hopes, the contents of this will surprise you. O oh, my dearest friend, the man has at last proved himself to be a villain. It was with the utmost difficulty last night that I preserved myself from the vilest dishonour. He extorted from me a promise of forgiveness, and that I would see him next day, as if nothing had happened. But if it were possible to escape from a wretch who, as I have too much reason to believe, formed a plot to fire the house, to frighten me almost naked into his arms, how could I see him next day? I have escaped, heaven be praised that I have and now have no other concern than that I fly from the only hope that could have made such a husband tolerable to me, the reconciliation with my friends, so agreeably undertaken by my uncle. All my present hope is to find some reputable family or person of my own sex, who is obliged to go beyond sea, or who lives abroad. I care not whether, but if I might choose, in some one of our American colonies, never to be heard of more by my relations, whom I have so grievously offended. Nor let your generous heart be moved at what I write. If I can escape the dreadfullest part of my father's malediction, for the temporary part is already in a manner fulfilled, which makes me tremble in apprehension of the other, I shall think the wreck of my worldly fortunes a happy composition. Neither is there need of the renewal of your so often tendered goodness to me, for I have with me rings and other valuables, that were sent me with my clothes, which will turn into money to answer all I can want, till Providence shall be pleased to put me into some want to help myself if, for my further punishment, my life is to be lengthened beyond my wishes. Impute not this scheme, my beloved friend, either to dejection on one hand, or to that romantic turn on the other, which we are supposed generally to obtain with our sex, from fifteen to twenty-two. For, be pleased to consider my unhappy situation, in the light in which it really must appear to every considerate person who knows it. In the first place, the man who has endeavoured to make me his property will hunt me as a stray, and he knows he may do so with impunity, for whom have I to protect me from him? Then, as to my estate, the envied estate, which has been the original cause of all my misfortunes, it shall never be mine upon litigated terms. What is there in being enabled to boast, that I am worth more than I can use, or wish to use? And if my power is circumscribed, I shall not have that to answer for, which I should have, if I did not use it as I ought, which very few do. I shall have no husband, of whose interest I ought to be so regardful, as to prevent me doing more than justice to others, that I may not do less for him. If therefore my father will be pleased, as I shall presume in proper time to propose to him, to pay two annuities out of it, one to my dear Mrs. Norton, which may make her easy for the remainder of her life, as she is now growing into years, the other of fifty pounds per annum, to the same good woman for the use of my poor, as I had the vanity to call a certain set of people, concerning whom she knows all my mind, that so as few as possible may suffer by the consequences of my error. God bless them." and give them heart's ease and content with the rest. Other reasons for my taking the step I have hinted at are these. This wicked man knows I have no friend in the world but you. Your neighbourhood, therefore, would be the first he would seek for me in, were you to think it possible for me to be concealed in it, and in this case you might be subjected to inconveniences greater even than those which you have already sustained on my account. From my cousin Morden, were he to come, I could not hope protection, since by his letter to me it is evident that my brother has engaged him in his party nor would I by any means subject so worthy a man to danger, as might be the case from the violence of this ungovernable spirit. These things considered, 
what better method can i take than to go abroad to some one of the english colonies where nobody but yourself shall know anything of me nor you let me tell you presently nor till i am fixed and if it please god in a course of living tolerably to my mind for it is no small part of my concern that my indiscretions have laid so heavy a tax upon you my dear friend to whom once i hope to give more pleasure than pain i am at present at one mrs moore's at hampstead my heart misgave me at coming to this village because i had been here with him more than once but the coach hither was so ready a conveniency that i knew not what to do better then i shall stay here no longer than till i can receive your answer to this in which you will be pleased to let me know if i cannot be hid according to your former contrivance happy had i given into it at the time by mrs townsend's assistance till the heat of his search be over the deptford road i imagine will be the right direction to hear of a passage and to get safely aboard oh why was the great fiend of all unchained and permitted to assume so specious a form and yet allowed to conceal his feet and his talons till with the one he was ready to trample upon my honour and to strike the other into my heart and what had i done that he should be let loose particularly upon me forgive me this murmuring question the effect of my impatience my guilty impatience i doubt for as i have escaped with my honour and nothing but my worldly prospects and my pride my ambition and my vanity have suffered in this wreck of my hopeful fortunes may i not still be more happy than i deserve to be and is it not in my own power still by the divine favour to secure the greatest stake of all and who knows but that this very path into which my inconsideration has thrown me strewed as it is with briars and thorns which tear in pieces my gaudier trappings may not be the right path to lead me into the great road to my future happiness which might have been endangered by evil communication and after all are there not still more deserving persons than i who never failed in any capital point of duty that have been more humble than myself and some too by the errors of parents and relations by the tricks and baseness of guardians and trustees and in which their own rashness or folly had no part i will then endeavour to make the best of my present lot and join with me my best my only friend in praying that my punishment may end here and that my present afflictions may be sanctified to me this letter will enable you to account for a line or two which i sent to wilson's to be carried to you only for a feint to get his servant out of the way he seemed to be left as i thought for a spy upon me but he returning too soon i was forced to write a few lines for him to carry to his master to a tavern near doctor's commons with the same view and this happily answered my end i wrote early in the morning a bitter letter to the wretch which i left for him obvious enough and i suppose he has it by this time i kept no copy of it i shall recollect the contents and give you the particulars of all at more leisure i am sure you will approve of my escape the rather as the people of the house must be very vile for they and that dorcas too did hear me i know they did cry out for help if the fire had been other than a villainous plot although in the morning to blind them i pretended to think it otherwise they would have been alarmed as much as i and have run in hearing me scream to comfort me supposing my terror was the fire to relieve me supposing it was anything else but the vile dorcas went away as soon as she saw the wretch throw his arms about me bless me my dear i had only my slippers and an under petticoat on i was frighted out of my bed by her cries of fire and that i should be burnt to ashes in a moment and she to go away and never to return nor anybody else and yet i heard women's voices in the next room indeed i did an evident contrivance of them all god be praised i am out of their house my terror is not yet over i can hardly think myself safe every well-dressed man i see from my windows whether on horseback or on foot i think to be him i know you will expedite an answer a man and horse will be procured me to-morrow early to carry this to be sure you cannot return an answer by the same man because you must see mrs townsend first 
nevertheless i shall wait with impatience till you can having no friend but you to apply to and being such a stranger to this part of the world that i know not which way to turn myself whither to go nor what to do what a dreadful hand have i made of it mrs moore at whose house i am is a widow and of good character and of this one of her neighbours of whom i bought a handkerchief purposely to make inquiry before i would venture inform me i will not set my foot out of doors till i have your direction and i am the more secure having dropped words to the people of the house where the coach set me down as if i expected a chariot to meet me in my way to hendon a village a little distance from this and when i left their house i walked backward and forward upon the hill at first not knowing what to do and afterwards to be certain that i was not watched before i ventured to inquire after a lodging you will direct for me my dear by the name of mrs harriet lucas had i not made my escape when i did i was resolved to attempt it again and again he was gone to the commons for a license as he wrote me word for i refused to see him notwithstanding the promise he extorted from me how hard how next to impossible my dear to avoid many lesser deviations when we are betrayed into a capital one for fear i should not get away at my first effort i had apprised him that i would not set eye upon him under a week in order to gain myself time for it in different ways and were i so to have been watched as to have made it necessary i would after such an instance of the connivance of the women of the house have run out into the street and thrown myself into the next house i could have entered or claim protection from the first person i had met women to desert the cause of a poor creature of their own sex in such a situation what must they be then such poor guilty sort of figures did they make in the morning after he was gone out so earnest to get me upstairs and to convince me by the scorched window-boards and burnt curtains and valance that the fire was real that although i seemed to believe all they would have me believe i was more and more resolved to get out of their house at all adventures when i began i thought to write but a few lines but be my subject what it will i know not how to conclude when i write to you it was always so it is not therefore owing peculiarly to that most interesting and unhappy situation which you will allow however to engross at present the whole mind of your unhappy but ever affectionate clarissa harlowe end of letter twenty one